What Remains Inside Chapter 11 It was late fall. I was in the school library. It was a round room in the center of the school. The lights were bright, and everything was carpeted in burgundy, dark green, and navy blue carpeting, even the walls. I was so tired. I was scared and jumpy. I could feel the difference between myself and the other juniors at school. I was carrying a big secret, and deep down, I felt sorry for myself. I would be dead soon. I could feel it in the air. I could tell the way the walls looked. They were leaning in towards me. The fluorescent lights were casting a white, sallow hue over everything. The library was quiet. I put my stuff down at a table and looked through the books. I was looking for information on crime. I was trying to understand my fate, maybe a way to avoid it. Sitting on the shelf in the sociology section, next to the biographies of murderers, true crime stories, and books on criminal justice, I found a book on deranged minds. I carried it back to my table. I looked at my book bag, which was sitting limp on my desk, my geometry book beside it. I sat down and I placed the criminal mind book underneath my geometry book. I opened the math book and pretended to study, but my mind was so hungry for the information in the crime book. I was pulled with an insatiable urge to find out. To me, it was life and death. I could feel my heart racing and my face turning hot as I read. Statistically, most murders happen between 8 p.m. and 2 a.m. That made sense. I bit my lip and I imagined my house in the middle of the night. Maybe it wouldn't be so hard to survive. When I fell asleep, I usually didn't wake up until after 2 a.m. Then again, my mind did crazy things in the dreamy middle of the night. There were glossy photographs of fingerprints, how to assess a crime scene. There was a page with a close-up of dark eyes staring into me. I looked at the face, fixated for a moment. The title of the page is Forensic Psychology. I read the first paragraph. The mind of the criminal is cryptic. The murderer has no sense of empathy or remorse. He is literally addicted to committing his crimes. They feel no guilt and feel no reason to refrain from indulging in their hunger for blood. My heart started beating so fast my stomach was burning. I took a deep breath and I studied a smaller picture on the page. There was police tape and an old rooming house. I started to read the sight of... Suddenly I heard someone whisper, What are you reading? So I jumped. I was so startled it felt like a finger of death on my shoulder, tapping. There was a guy from my English class named Billy Ferris. He had black hair and dark eyes. He smiled at me and sat at the table a few seats down from me. Nothing, I said. I pulled my geometry book over the other book and looked down at the math problem. He smiled at me. Okay. He started to look down at his book, then he looked up at me again. I'm in your English class, he whispered to me. I glanced back up at him. I know, I whispered back. You're Donna, right? Yeah. I looked up at him for a long moment. I was trying to find my way back to the New Bedford High School library. I was trying to locate this one moment so I could come back inside of myself and talk to Billy. I took a deep breath and looked at my geometry book. There was a picture of a sideways kite with A, B, C, D at the ends of each line. The question said, given AC bisects angles BAD and BCD, prove less than B equals less than D. I had no earthly idea where to start. How had I gotten this far in geometry?
For a moment, I forgot the crime book. I was back in New Bedford High School. I remembered that I was sitting near Billy Ferris. I let myself feel the magnetic energy around him. Even though he was reading a small paperback covered in brown paper, I felt like he was still talking to me. I felt a nervousness rising inside of me. He was really cute, and I felt worried about a handsome guy like him. It was a trick, I thought. I looked back down at my geometry book. I saw in the corner of my eye that he opened the paper back and stretched his legs out in front of him. He wore jeans and tan leather boots. His legs were long and muscular. I could sense his body under his jeans. He was really nice looking in a way that Ryan Todd hadn't been. Kind of a hippie, dark shoulder length hair, deep green eyes, and he wore a bandana around his neck and a black t-shirt. He had wired rim sunglasses hanging on the front of his t-shirt. For a moment, I wondered what he smelled like. Without even trying to daydream or imagine it, in my mind, I was underneath him, his strong hands touching my face. I could smell him, a leathery, soapy smell. I didn't realize I was staring at him, at his body. He looked up at me. I could feel myself turning red. He smiled. I looked back down at the geometry book, at the kite with the letters at all the corners. The bell rang. Billy remained sitting at the table. I stood up. I lifted my geometry book and was almost surprised to find the criminal minds book underneath. I picked up the crime book and hid it under my things. On my way out, I stuck it in the return slot at the librarian's desk. I walked into the octagon-shaped hallway and hurried to gym class.